fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts Christiana Ellis, Chuch Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 5 of Beyond the Wall. Tonight we're discussing Episode 5 of Game of Thrones, titled Kill the Boy, which was so Mm -hmm. ominous. (laughs) With no spoilers past the currently aired episodes, as always. I'm Chuch, joined by Christiana. Hello, your your pictures art. <laughs> and I locked the camera art. on just me so it wouldn't move. <laughs> it's been a great night. It has. Oh, there you are. <laughs> there he is. And hello to Nettie. He <laughs> hello, everyone. Hi, Nettie. Hi. And hello to Viv. I missed you girls like major big time. I mean, I missed, you know, doing the episode and everything, but you know how we're saying it's been a rough day. I've got a I've got Percocet and Flexor all on board, so it could get even more interesting. Mm. Well, you're going to have to give us your rating and uh, a quick uh, recap of last week's episode. I will as soon as I'm able to rewatch it because I only did the initial watch. My my migraines were so bad that I couldn't do a rewatch for notes. So I really, I have, I have to totally rewatch it before I can even really remember it well. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, how about next week? Next week, sure. Okay. That's fair. We've got a little bit of Beyond the Wall news. Uh, the Balticon schedule came out, mm-hmm. and we're on it. With a Beyond the Wall live show, we'll be doing a panel. And it's currently scheduled for Sunday night? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sunday at 7. And of course, those schedules can always change. But well, yeah. yeah like, uh, did, does anybody know when they're supposed to be actually filling out the names on all the other panels? No, no that, idea. that's just in progress. Of course, I you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that this is the only panel. Chooch and I are only doing the Beyond the Wall panel, and then also, of course, all four of us are hosting the new media party this year in honor of PG. Mm-hmm. So that's the only two things that Chooch and I are doing. The rest of the time, we get to just stalk you two girls and <laughs> all the other lovelies that we'll get to see. Her well, I know so. that at the very least, I will also be on the uh, Disaster Piece Theatry After Dark. I did panel. see that. Uh, and once I again, will be there. <laughs> that is such a fun panel. But that's the only other one that I know so far. See, I've never made it to that, but when I saw that your name was on, I was like, mm, roomy roll. <laughs> you got well, I've done it a couple of years running now. It's, That's it's all. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. I have no idea if I'm doing what I'm doing, if anything. Everything's up in the air. Last I checked, uh, Nutty Bites wasn't on the schedule. They said, oh, no, 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 we're not done, but that doesn't mean you got it. That doesn't mean you don't have it. So, okay. Right. I, I, um, I there's still it's it's yeah. still in its mode of creation exactly. and that's and that's why we're saying that the BTW panel right now is scheduled for Sunday night at seven. We had to schedule it that way because of uh, a a long thing. But <laughs> since we aren't doing that, we're actually gonna be there the whole weekend and so we can actually move it to another night and get a later hour since the show is explicit because the show we review is explicit. So I don't know if that's something that's even possible. So anyways, just keep an eye on your schedules when you get to Balticon. Yep, exactly. Change. <laughs> uh, we'll one thing I, I learned last year is always expect things to change because yep. 
I left the house going, oh, I'm not on any art panels. Left art supplies at home. Showed up, you're on an art panel where you're drawing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I won't be making that mistake again. Um, I'm hoping that I'm going to be on the Podcasters Against Humanity panel also, which is fun. Um, you know, I I have always said I don't want to be recorded on that doing that game, but <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like fuck it this year. <laughs> Maybe this would be the year that Chooch and I would record a game somewhere. Hmm, what do you think, Chooch? <laughs> totally unrelated to be on the walk to Game right. of Thrones, though. Yeah, I think it'd be a blast. Uh -huh. I think the kids could handle it if they ever find it. <laughs> they never they watch anything listen. we do. They are perfectly happy to ignore this part of our life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like I don't. They they don't want to hear that stuff either. I don't right. think. Yeah. <laughs> our oldest son kind of delights in it sometimes, but sometimes he's yeah, just like enough, uh, too much gone by. <laughs> there was one little piece of HBO news we've been mentioning the whole leaked episodes and all that going on and. Mm -hmm. Um, it came out. I don't haven't seen that they've actually um, gone any further than sending those letters out or having the cable company send letters out. But they have announced that they uh, are stopping their uh, DVD previews. Oh, no more see? DVD previews. Now um, they've ruined it. They've ruined it for all of those reviewers that want to have their reviews written early. But, we need to put up our Santa picture again. You're spoiling it. You're right. spoiling yeah. everything. Spoiling it. You're spoiling everything. Spoiling everything. They are, there is an option, though. So for the trusted people that are supposed to do it, they're going to have a, a uh, encrypted streaming-only option with their software on both ends that'll hopefully, I guess they'll, they think, hopefully can't be tapped into. So it'll be interesting to see if some, you know, Handy cam footage comes out. <laughs> well, it's it's just such a shame that like somebody that was had the credentials to get a, a screener copy went and did this. You know, mm -hmm. that's it. It just it ruins it for everybody else, and it's gonna make um, startups and and other small um, press uh, not get the same kind of access that bigger press would. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Christiana, can you put that picture back up? So we can I, I was trying to, but the, the, the screen share wasn't working like I expected. So yeah, I'll, I'll do it like this. So, yes, you're spoiling it. it. You're spoiling everything. <laughs> I just love her. Do we, we have to say that we miss the whiny Sansa now, don't we? It's been so long. She's been through so much. Don't we kind of wish <laughs> it was back when she was just whining <laughs> instead of, like, surviving all this crap? <laughs> Hmm. No, I don't know. I'm I'm glad she's toughened up. Not yeah. not that I'm happy she's had to go through what she has. Yeah. But I think she's she's done well to learn and grow from her experiences. Hmm. Agreed. Why don't we jump into the episode yeah. then? Since we're kind Let's of Let's do that. Um, yeah. Uh, so no Christiana, should title. we do a oh. I'm sorry, Chooch. May I ask Christiana, should we do a speed version to make sure we end at eleven? Well, Certainly. <laughs> Since we've I mean, started late. We can especially. do what we can yeah. do. I mean, I think it'll be fine. But uh, okay. yeah, you know, I I appreciate your your consideration because I'm make you... going to be sleepy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't... Luna deserves you bright and perky in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> She's not supposed to be walking you. <laughs> Kaylee drags me sometimes. <laughs> so in this episode, title sequence, no changes. 
We held mm-hmm. on to Dorne, even though there wasn't a scene there. <laughs> oh, you know what? I I don't think I can find the link handy right now, but I did find somewhere where they talked about a little bit about the logic of how they decide what uh, goes in the credit sequence and oh, what cool. doesn't. Oh, because maybe. we've asked that question. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't address anything uh, really specific, like why was Moat Kalen in there for that one shot. Part mm. of it is we ha- just have to remember that the the credit sequence in its entirety is fi- at a fixed length because of the music. And so oh. they're limited. They can't show too many or else they'd have to, like, speed it up. And they have to, you know, there's an yeah, effect the animation. involved in going from one place to another and doing the mm. animation. So they don't want to change it too much unnecessarily. And more than they're wanting to show the specific locations we're going to be in in that episode, they're wanting us to remember where kind of all the major players are in yeah. the world. Yeah. And that's more of their focus than what are we going to see this time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think they do it in a really good way, and I apologize if I'm taking too long to say this, Chooch, but, like, mm-hmm. uh, the way that they do the animation and, like, is it, uh, tell me the city that has the coin rolling down as part of the animation. Bravos. Yeah, Bravos. So, like, like that one, it's it just immediately, oh, yeah, Bravos, that's that's the coin place. You know, it's like, the animations are really clever. So, mm-hmm. like, I agree with Christiana, they've got to worry about length and, and the speed of those animations because they really are so neat. Yep. Mm-hmm. I uh, love did, watching them. Did this uh, article talk about the fact that why did they call it Dor- Dorn instead of Sunspear? I, I suspect I just because nobody's really said Sunspear. They've they're, they've okay. talked a lot about Dorn. My right. guess is that's that's what it was all about. Is okay. Just like people know Dorn. If you said Sunspear, people might not connect that the Sunspear is in Dorn. Okay, that's that's what I figured. I just I mean they don't say that. That's my speculation. Yeah, that that was my speculation too. Ah, door. <laughs> so we start in Marine, across the zigzag twice across the narrow sea as they do in the credits, <laughs> yeah. um, where we find the Gray Worm did not die. He is recovering. Mm-hmm. Barristan, not so much. Yeah, it's happy that Gray Worm at least was okay yeah. because certainly. As far as the last shot from last time, it looked equally bad for both of them, really. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those. I'm so glad they reached each other. You know, <laughs> it's like oh, at least they died together. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was thrilled as well. I wasn't sure how they were going to do that. And Nettie got her wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grey Worm was able to tell the tale. <sighs> Although mm-hmm. we don't know if he has yet. <laughs> he also got some Miss Sunday kisses. Yeah. Long deserved. I'm so glad that they're finally like doing that. Well, yeah, you know, he, he's all full of the oh, I failed everybody, I let everybody down. But then she kisses him, and he's like, "Well, okay, okay, all right." Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you have to think of it almost as like when Peter Pan talked of kisses, you know, and couldn't tell a kiss from an acorn or a thimble. It's like he was raised as an unsullied. That was his entire life was trauma and terror. Mm-hmm. Had he ever had any physical contact that wasn't in cruelty? Of, I mean, that must have been massive for him. Mm-hmm. I was so glad to see it. I, I fear. I have such fears seeing this scene because I'm like, oh, gosh, does that mean that he's going to be able to die later now that he's happy? No. <laughs> oh, right. Damn it. <laughs> 
Mm. He yes. still looks pretty sad. I, I feel like he, he he's, he's got a little while at least, I think, because okay. uh, I just mean after killing Barristan, I feel like they, they've got it. Give Danny some time for, you know, it doesn't make him safe permanently, but right. I think, right. he's, you know, he's going to be okay for the next couple of episodes at least, I think. Yeah. I hope so. So uh, Danny's not having it anymore. Rounds up the heads of the family. Mm -hmm. um, no, no eyes, by the way, on Barristan. Yeah. He oh, did yeah. not get the little eyes, which I, I'm assuming is probably because there aren't septons there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there wouldn't be any of the silent sisters or anybody. Well, she doesn't seem especially religious anyway, as far especially as especially not to the yeah, but everything not else worshiping the seven. Yeah, and it, but everything else looked the same. You know, like it looked the same way that we've ever seen anyone laid out. I mean, aside from the pyre thing. Oh, would yeah. she even remember the custom? I mean, I wonder if anybody there would even know that would be his custom. Right. Yeah. They're on another continent. Jorah's not there. Anyways. Oh, Jorah. <laughs> oh, Jorah. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I forget the guy's name, and I don't think they said it once in the episode, though. But I'm the head of my family. Um, oh, Hidzar. Hidzar. I always forget the middle the middle name, but Hidzar right. Low or Low Lora. I think it's yeah, something Hidzar Lorak are the any... last names, and then there's a middle one. Yeah. If anybody in the chat knows, throw it up there so I can put it in my notes. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it for you in a second. Yeah, Come on. and I was looking when I realized, oh, wait, I can't remember his name. And they never said his name. Nobody ever said it. Uh -uh. Um, They've said it in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, There's his name. But he. Um, oh. I love you. <laughs> I Google is strong with this one. I feel like in several of the recaps I've read, different places, different writers are reporting it differently. Because I've seen Woe with a W, I've seen yep. L-O, I've seen, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what else I've seen. But yeah, anyway, though, uh, certainly it was interesting just having her... Uh, you know, I feel like the obvious, the, the more obvious, which is not necessarily to say better, the more obvious thing would be to say Barristan was the one that was always advocating mercy. So do you honor his wishes? Well, she's clearly not going that way. Yeah. Well, she said um, he preached it the whole time. It didn't fucking work. He's dead. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I like Miss Sandy's advice. Yeah. Really, truly, I agree. Yes, it's it's you listen to people, and then you do what you your your third option that what you know is right. And mm -hmm. basically, it was it's the same advice that um, my mother and sisters always tell new parents: you are the parent, your instincts are right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. You know what? Exactly. Daenerys is the parent. She's the mother to, yeah. to the dragons and to the people. She needs to trust her own instincts. Well, that's exactly where John's at too, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, but, yeah I was gonna say, but, they got, both got the same message. Yeah, I, I like also. You know, it's interesting because it's honestly, it's it's also a very superhero um, type of uh, dilemma to be in. Mm -hmm. To feel like if you're if you're finding yourself, I I just watched uh, this week's Flash, which definitely deals with this sort of an issue. Um, won't get into it because. 
people may not have seen it yet or may not be watching. But the point is, if you're the good guy, but you find yourself stuck between a rock and a hard place where it feels like you either have to let something horrible happen or you have to break your moral code in some way, the issue is always, it's like, well, what do you do that's such a hard decision? Well, what you do is you keep looking for another way. Rather than give in and break your moral code, which is like the practical thing, but can lead to you losing your way. Whereas if you keep looking for another way, you know, it's possible that you'll fail, but you won't have compromised your mission. I, but it's, you know, at the same time, that's it's a very idealistic point of view. And sometimes you kind of do have to be practical, because especially if we're talking about Game of Thrones here, you know, trying to do the right thing doesn't always lead to the outcome you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And which vows do you break? And mm -hmm. <laughs> back to Jamie. Way you back swear and swear and swear. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yes, you, they do round up the great the heads of the great families and introduce them to the babies. Yeah. That was very interesting. What did you think of it, Chooch? Uh, it was intense, and um, yeah, pretty much once I saw where they were, that's pretty much what I expected to happen. Um, yeah, I thought maybe all of them would get it at first, but. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's wiser, you know, to only, if you're going to go this extreme to yeah. only do one and let every, let it ripple out to everybody else. It was yeah. very powerful for sure. She definitely. Mm -hmm. I was amazed because my first assumption all along was that it was going to be a bluff for all of them. Ah, okay. It was going to be just a threat of saying, look, you guys, this is what I'm going to do to you if you don't step in line here. Because it's one thing for you to say, well, it's not you doing it. Well, first of all, I know some of you, that's a lie. Yeah. And the others, that it's not you, well, you know what? Even if it's not, you're going to help me find out who it is. Yeah. Because but otherwise, I'm going to kill all of you. And I thought that that was like the message. But then when she actually just went ahead and shoved one guy in, but then said so like, well... Maybe not another one today. I don't want to overfeed them. I was right. just like, whoa, she is already, like, she had to make an, I think it made perfect sense, though, in hindsight, because she, she has to show them that she means it. This is not an idle threat. Because they, the dragons have been something that is very scary to them in theory, but nobody ever sees them anymore because they're locked up. And so everyone can start to say, well, you know. I guess she has dragons, but who cares? They don't do anything. Kind of well, like Mal on Firefly kicking the guy into the engine. Yeah. It was like, what the yeah. fuck? Oh, <laughs> you can't they do that. That's a great iconic moment. It's like, you know, you, know, just, you let me live. I'm going to hunt you down to the end of my days. All right. Kick. And then next guy. How about you? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, this whole scene earns the episode extra bonus points. For me, mm -hmm. I loved it through and through, and it's it's a big departure from the books, but in a way that I really like. I like that, I mean, they deal with basically chapters of Daenerys' growth in like a single scene, 
which mm-hmm. is efficient yes. and good, in my opinion. Um, in the in the books, like there's all this other stuff where she takes one of the children of everybody's house of of the great houses, and she uses them as hostages, much like they did in Westeros, and they all work for her, and they end up loving her and all this other stuff. But this mm-hmm. this is much more effective, and and she's taking control, and she's like, nope, I'm gonna do this, and she was cold hearted, mm-hmm. and like I don't want them to eat too much, and she observed everyone. Mm-hmm. Agree, and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And it was it was more than just sending a message; it was a test for all of these people. Well, right, I and really liked. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna. I I guess I kind of said this already, but just this element of her making it clear to them: you guys have been hiding behind yeah. the fact that we're not sure which one of you it is, or which ones of you it is, and the this idea that we wouldn't act unless we know who it is. But we're going to make the case here that it's like, if it's not you, you're still going to help me find out who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is not an option here where you don't do what I say. You're either with me or you're against me. Well, and it, it was, uh, if I can say, I thought it was really very obviously powerful, powerfully done. And I thought that it was, it was really to her credit the way that she did it because, you know, she was actually had her hand on, oh, I wrote it down. His What's his name? His star. His stars. Uh, she had her hand on his shoulder and she was like kind of, I thought she was kind of like assessing him. Mm-hmm. And she saw that he was not cracking. He was not begging. He was not pleading. It was just, and I think she respected that. And I think mm-hmm. that that influenced her later choice because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, Thank God they skipped all that stuff that Nutty mentioned, first of all, because mm-hmm. enough whining in the desert. We've seen it. You know it <laughs> exactly. You know? It's, it's too much. It's too it's much too for much. TV. Yeah. But we know all we know of her is that she's known from a very young age that her family was butchered. Her brother, evil as fuck that Viserys was, and treated her with such cruelty and then sold her off to Drogo, who ended up being a tremendous love, but who victimized her and, and raped her and did all of these horrible things to her at the age of, what was she, 13, 14? And well, in the show, she's at, le- she's at least 16, so. Right. <laughs> but, um, agreed. That's fair. And her boobs were certainly 16-year-old big. <laughs> but, um, I think she's more 18, but. But I think that that's made her, like, it's more of a natural step for her. Yeah, I could just threaten all of you guys, but let me just push this guy and you guys will know I'm yeah. Serious, and and that's mm-hmm. the kind of shit that you learn from being a Khaleesi, not from being right. a little princess hid, hidden away in a right. castle somewhere. It really sprang her forward on her maturity for war and stuff. And mm-hmm. I especially liked when she said, "Gather the 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 leaders of the masters or all of the peoples from the houses." And his daughter's like, "Wait, but that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been loyal to you." She's like, "Uh huh." Uh-huh. And then it just yeah. goes back to the have you? either with me or against Let's me. Let's find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Let's find out. We're about to see. Because well, the other thing is, too, the outcome she wants is not all of them dead. The outcome yeah. she wants is them playing ball with her. Right. right. Exactly. And so she doesn't want to kill all of them. She wants them to realize that they need to do what she says and cooperate. And then she wants to cooperate with them. So the idea of you kill some of them to say, look, this is not an idle threat, and all of you need to get in line 
or else all of you die. It does not matter if you're doing this personally or not. Right. Yeah. Mm. You're enabling it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I what I also liked too though is there was the other suggestion that she got, which was to, you know, I think it was Dario's suggestion to clear out like street by street and try to kill all the people who have these masks and everything. But again, it's like what she's recognizing is like those people are just the poor people who are getting paid. Exactly. They're it's to do this. Yeah. That's not the cause of the problem. Yeah. You know, there you need to go after who's who's giving them these weapons and these masks because that's where the real threat is coming from because you're never like maybe you kill everybody who has a mask today and then the people just buy new masks for the next batch. Yep. Or change what the masks look like, yeah. you know, and use veils instead. I mean, well, and and in the books, at least uh, the way that it felt is it wasn't the masters aren't going to do this themselves. They're hiring people to do this. Like right. powerful people don't put themselves in risk so that taking care of the um, envoys of of the people who are the problem isn't going to solve your problem. They're just going to hire more people. Mm-hmm. You need you need to nip it in the bud and get, go to the source. She did. She did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else? I almost couldn't. I I just couldn't help thinking. I know the episode was called "Kill the Boy," mm. and so she pushed the dude forward, and he caught on fire, and then he became like lunch. I was like, she totally killed that boy, and it and in a way, she kind of matured the dragons, because it was like, from as far as we know, their first kill yep. of a human for those two. Nope. And they. They went. They knew it. They were, you know, partially crazed, but they knew instinctively. She pushes them. They eat them. And and, and she got to see them in a way that she'd never seen them before. So she got to even instead of it being like how to train your dragon, it's like how to get your dragon to forgive you. You know, throw the master. You know, mm-hmm. or something. And it just it it really struck me as far as it wasn't just about the threat that is you know that was more than a threat. It was it was more than about um, even anything bigger, it was it, it all. There were all these little things that made it all seem to be bigger for me. And part of it was that that she was getting to see her dragons do that maturing thing. Like, even though it was killing, it was still seeing them and um, appreciating them in a new way. They're strong, mm-hmm. and they shared very well. By the way, <laughs> you'll <laughs> notice that there was no snapping at each other. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. I got this side, you got that side. We broke it up. They're good barbecue. Yeah. We're good to go. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, the, other, the other thing that it actually uh, kind of does is um, I, I'm sure there's been, you know, the, the people who are wanting to, uh, you know, talk trash talk Daenerys are probably saying things like she can't even control the dragons anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she kind of tries to, like, she knows people are saying that and that it's largely true, but... Instead, in this demonstration, she kind of plays that up of, it's like, well, they'll eat you if I tell them to. Maybe they will even if I don't tell them to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Who can say it's dragons? Yeah. <laughs> and now they know what human flesh tastes like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank God it wasn't Danny's, though. <laughs> yes. We know some of them did. Um mm. Oh, oh uh, Mike McCauley in the Q&A, it said his, he was off on his prediction of Kill the Boy. And you mentioned uh, the dragons. Mm-hmm. He thought it would be Arya shutting the boy look. 
Mm-hmm. Which, well, oh, that's right. Wow. They did. He said that last week, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. a logical assumption to make because they killed the kill. Sorry for all the motion. The um, <laughs> the kill the boy theme like repeats throughout the episode the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it you know, it's easy to just see the title and think, oh, he's talking about Jon Snow. But in it, what I'm finding is in nearly every storyline of these, you can find something that relates back to mm-hmm. the name of the episode and the whole theme of the show almost. Yeah. So I, I I think, you know, it works on all kinds of levels for sure. Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I didn't remember the line until Eamon actually said it, and then I remembered mm. it from the books. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where the title comes from. Interesting. So yeah. are we, well, are we um, at the, the last thing I think really the last thing in Marine was the – the conversation that that Dar- that uh not Dario <laughs> that Danny had oh. um oh, oh yeah when she revis- revisits yeah um so reopening the fighting pits uh definitely is I I think it's it's an interesting change in the sense that it, like in the books he had been lobbying both yeah. for the fighting pits but also that she should marry him. Yeah, she'd been saying that all along in the books, and she'd been saying no, 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 not doing that. But then finally, she felt like okay, well, and and not only that, but in the books there was this whole like bargain, like mm-hmm. if you can make there be no more of these murders for I I don't even remember what the amount of time was. It was like twenty three days or something. I don't remember why, but it was something like that. But basically it's like I want zero murders for this amount of time. And if you can make that happen well because the whole idea was it's like I need to believe that you right. can actually make a difference in this way. And so um and if you do it then I will marry you. So that was the deal in the in the books. But I like I, I was a little taken off back. I wasn't sure what I felt about it at first, but thinking more about it, I like that it's her decision and that there's a little <laughs> I like that the I like a little bit of the the fact that she is dictating this to him. It's not even like, hey, what do you think? It's more like, nope, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. No. Which is kind of a reversal of the way we would normally expect that sort of thing to go. It blew me away, and I loved the empowerment of it, and the you know what are you gonna do? Say no, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The whole moment, the whole way she did it was just impeccable. What? I mean, she is just one of my favorite like queens of all time. She's total badass. Yeah. In in the books, like as Christiana said, he's constantly lobbying, and it she ends up getting convinced by this holy woman, uh, the Green Grace, to do it. But I love that it's her idea. Yeah. I love that she comes up with this idea and it's it's so much for TV it works so much better because mm-hmm. I mean you could have like the whole Daenerys show and that might get into just what she's done but we can't do that this is a TV show we got to you know we got to press on right mm-hmm. so I I I like this compression of things I I still feel like the fighting pits thing I like I I don't feel why she wants to open that up but because I've read the books, I understand why. Well, maybe mm-hmm. they'll explain it better in, in yeah. next week's. But Give that's a little more backstory. Mm-hmm. I think this was more of like a mic drop episode for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I just took it as, you know, okay, it's as long as it's consenting adults, not slaves, mm-hmm. you can have and, your sport, you know. And, and, and have wrestlers. 
Right, because it is tradition. Mm -hmm. This is her fig leaf, not fig leaf. <laughs> Olive, Olive branch. branch. Olive branch. Yeah. You You've done boy. that before. Yeah, like... <laughs> fig leaf. Oh, it's a plant. Thing. I prefer fig leaf. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then obviously. Now I the... want that on a shirt, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the, um, the marriage, you know, hey, this will tie the families. So my non-book yeah. reader prediction is that this gets her on the road because don't marry him. He's in charge. He's here in my stead. And then she'll go on her way and and conquer forth. Um, I don't know right how on. quickly that'll happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd like it to happen very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I think that... It, and again, I have lost my tablet. I'm only five pages in on the book four reread. I suck. But it seems like to me that it was such a trudge of sadness. Like I was, I told Chooch, I was so dreading reading Feast for Crows again because that's what it is. It's just death, 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 death. And, and it, I just, I'm so happy that they're kind of speeding through some of, and delaying, at least we think, some of the things that, I was most like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it the whole season if it's if it's gonna be that dark, you know. Mm -hmm. I think they're. I mean, I don't have any idea where they are on the timeline of the books, but it seems like I know you guys were saying before that they're well into five on some stuff. Yeah, well, oh, certainly, yeah. certainly, in the Anisol storyline is in is in five. Yeah, Danny's yeah. is in five, and and yeah. was the children in the forest, children of the forest scene that we had with Bran. That's five. Yep, that's yep. five. Okay. Wow. And right uh, all of the stuff with Tyrion tonight, that's that's danced as well. Oh my um, god, let's get to that. What's next on the list? <laughs> well, <next laughs> well before is... we move away from Danny, just very quickly, yeah. the line that she has when she says she's gonna marry one of the masters and she's like, Well, I already have one groveling at my feet. <laughs> I love that. I don't have the line exact, but when she did uh, right. just like yeah. go girl. A suitor on his knees. <laughs> There's one yeah. suitor already on his knees. That was it. Yes, thank you. That was that was like Total such badass. a great line. Mm -hmm. That that is definitely up there for line of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on. That and Figley. Castle Black. We got Sam reading Meister Eamon, the headlines. Which was mm -hmm. a big relief to me because, you know, we hadn't seen him. He's been sick and I thought yeah. we were gonna next time we we're gonna see him was gonna be on a bed. <laughs> um, yeah. I was afraid which, of that too. Right. Mm -hmm. So say we all. I, I was also just glad to have Eamon weigh in because, yes. I mean, everybody's known the rumors of what's going on with Daenerys, at least at least in rumor form for a while. And it just seems like, well, we would kind of like to hear yeah. Eamon's opinion on that. And so finally getting that was nice. And then there's also that tragedy of he's got to be feeling like, you know, he gave... John, all the advice that he did about, you know, when John was losing his family left and right and just saying, you know, it's like, hey, I went through this too. I get it. But just like he's kind of just reliving it again. It's like she's my last family left yeah. in the world and like she's having all this trouble and there's nobody to help her. And it's, oh. Uh, well, oh, he, he said something that really struck me. It was like a Targaryen alone in the world is a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. And that just made me want to cry for him because <laughs> he's kind of you know alone yeah. up there at the wall you know he's not alone alone but mm -hmm. he doesn't have another Targaryen well right like he had kind of come to terms with it for himself yeah well but now he is he's he's feeling it again through her yeah mm -hmm. stirred up again I can totally yeah. see that 
And I can't remember offhand, and I'm sorry if you already said it, but what's the relation, like the uncle, great grandfather, like kind of family relation between her and Eamon? I Eamon is the Mad King's brother. Oh, okay. Older brother. No, no, no. Is he right? the older brother or is he the Mad King's uncle? Shoot. Actually, it might be uncle. Might be right. uncle. You might be right because I think I think it is uncle now that I hmm. think about it. I mean, they said he was in next in line for the throne, or would have been. Yeah. Well, so certainly the the whole idea is like he would have been king if he uh, hadn't said no. Great uncle. Great, great uncle. Great okay, uncle. So he, says yeah. the Game of Thrones wiki. Yes. Although the the time is getting a gets a little weird in terms yeah. of like we just have to like okay well so how long was Mad King Eris on the throne, and then that ended twenty years ago with Robert's Rebellion and okay. yeah but any, so in any case yeah um, but uh, yes it's just also worth remembering that like could have been king chose not to be yeah yeah yeah. Sadly, because yeah, I think he would have rocked it. He is the um, brother to Egg, who became Aegon, uh, he, who's, who's the Mad King's father, uh, from the Duncan Egg novels. And um, that that whole line of succession was just, like, bizarre because there were so many people in line before Aegon to be king. And Maester Aemon is one of the reasons why you know, one of the, like, seven that made it possible for Aegon to become king. So, it's really um, kind of neat. Wow. Yeah, the other thing, too, you know, what you were just saying, Viv, of, like, what if he had um, been king? I, I think, actually, now, like, sp since uh, Nani refreshed my memory, I think, technically, it was not Mad King Eris that got to be king instead. Uh, it was, it was uh, Aegon, Eris's father. So it wasn't like that choice. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, the other que the question though is is like, well, would he would Eamon have been a great king if he had said yes? And uh, if that was like maybe he would have. He certainly seems like mm -hmm. a great guy and wise and 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 all of that. But it's also kind of like the pressure of being king. Like, what would that have done to him. You know what mm. I mean? Like he's a great guy when he's a meister up at Castle Black. Yeah. Would he have been able to stay a great guy and be king at the same time? Well, and that's the thing. Like being a maester was his calling. Joining the Night's Watch was his calling. Uh, so he definitely went towards what he what, what he was supposed to. But if we remember uh, Barristan talking about the Mad King, he wasn't always mad. You know, right. he didn't start right. out that way. That's another thing that... You know, there there is something to be said for term limits, you know? <laughs> uh, and and realizing when being king is getting to be too much, like really, politically, if, if somebody, had, as, as the Mad King started to go, if somebody pulled him aside and said, you know what, you should abdicate now and let Hagar <laughs> take over, we would be in the middle, you know, Westeros would be in the middle of economic prosperity, everybody would be happy, things would have been wonderful. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because it's it's always that, that road not traveled, right? Because Hagar, oh, yeah. I mean, the whole Robert's Rebellion thing happened only partly because of Eris. A lot of it was Rhaegar and Lyanna. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, that would have been a whole different story because, number one, mm -hmm. he would have been king. So would yeah. he have been in in that tourney in the first place as king? 
Probably not. Would they have had what happened? Maybe. But again, he would have been king, so it would have been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You hmm. know. Interesting. It, it would have been very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about the abdication, though, it just made me think of all those submarine movies where you have the exo storming up to the captain and says, Sir, I'm relieving you of your command. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> As as Grand Maester, I I'm going to relieve you of your command. You are unfit for duty, sir, sire. <laughs> yeah, in this world, I think that only really happens with swords. <laughs> There's no pronouncement. No. Um, no. Yeah. So they're talking about difficult choices. John's like, hey, I have a decision to make. If I do it, fifty percent of the guys are going to hate me. He's like, well, fifty percent of them already hate you. Kill the boy. John Snow, winter is almost upon us. Kill the boy and let the man be born. Very nice. Ah, oh, that was great. And I loved too that he didn't—he didn't even let John get out like what the idea was. It's like I don't need you to tell me what it is. You wouldn't be asking me this question if you didn't feel like you have to do it, even though everybody will hate you. Yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't be even considering doing it, given all of that pressure against it, unless you were sure it was the right thing and you're just afraid of doing it. So, what I'm like, my advice is uh, just do it. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought that was great. Take, take charge of your command. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, you know, the, the line was in the books and everything. Uh, it was a little bit different, but I, I enjoy it. And, and I like how it's kind of, you know, mirroring what's going on with Yaris. You know, they're both learning. Yeah. You know what? This is my job. I've got to do this. I can't I can't rely on other people. Yes, having advisors is helpful, but they're advisors. I'm the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who has to make the decision. I'm the one who has to live with the consequences. Yeah. You've got to trust yourself similar. and when there's mm-hmm. uh, people are going to hate you in life, period. Yes. <laughs> There's no way around it. Nobody especially, likes the boss. Especially if you insist on going around and doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> it's very inconvenient. Yeah. Yes, Give yes. the people what they want and they like you better. <laughs> Make them do what has to be done. They don't like that as much. Yep. Um, it is interesting, though. Just I, you know, until we were having this discussion, I didn't fully comprehend how similar it was for John and Daenerys. Because first of all, they're both making these big command decisions, but with John now Lord Commander, like there's nobody over him to like make these calls. You know, he was always free to have his own opinion before, but it didn't really matter in the end. You know, it's like it would go one way or the other without. Whether, whatever his opinion was, but like whereas Daenerys, you know, she was always you know queen over there, but she had Barristan who was still there, and like since she sent Jorah away, and she has, and Barristan is gone now, um, and you know, she still got Dario and Missandei, but at the same time they were kind of a lower tier advisors in some ways. I have I have an X-wing toy that makes noise and it's making noise all by itself up on my bookshelf right now. <laughs> I force. I don't know what's going on there. It's part of the tie-in. The new movie's gonna come in. Shooting me out. Hang on. So, are we going to uh, continue on with what's going on on the wall? Uh yeah. Um, something she said it had uh, triggered a thought of mine. 
I had a stuffed Spider-Man that was leaning on the button. Ah. Now that's a crossover event. Yeah. So one thought, well, it'll probably put it, uh, it may put us on a tangent, but I was just for some <laughs> reason thinking um, when you mentioned Jorah, you know, is coming back to Danny um, early. Well, I mean, you mentioned she kicked him out and yeah. I just realized, I wonder, wouldn't it make sense? Ferris is going to beat him there. Hmm. It's going to be interesting, but um <laughs> with that uh, is interesting yeah. yeah with this discussion totally lost that train of thought so john talks to Tormund and gives him the plans now we finally know all right this is the plan i i thought it was obvious what the plan was going to be mm-hmm. and lays it out and you know that's a very interesting interaction and yeah. um, i was a little surprised at how quickly Tormund, you know, settled down, basically. Um, how quickly he was ready to listen to reason. Well, I mean, I, I feel like his only hesitation now is that he doesn't quite believe that John's being on the level with him, mm. because what John's essentially saying is, I'm going to give you guys everything you want as long as you don't kill us on your way through the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to ask you to kneel to us. I'm not going to uh, make you stay up north of the wall. I'm going to let you come down. I'm going to, you know, ensure your safety. I'm going to try to find land for you to settle. All I ask is that you don't go around killing everybody to the best of your abilities. And so Tormund's kind of like, that seems like a surprising offer, and I wonder what the catch is. And so I think that's kind of where he's at right now is he's like, I – I can't say no to that offer, but I just mm-hmm. need to still be on my guard because there's got to be a trick. Well, and, and of course, there is, like, I expect you will be fighting alongside us when the shit hits the fan and the walkers are coming. Yeah. Um, I think the show has done a really good job at setting, setting up the whole situation so that we're on John's side in feeling like this has to happen. This is really the only option. So we are right there with John in terms of feeling like this is really the only thing that you can that you can do. Like there's no other option that's not much worse as bad as this could potentially be. Yeah. But at the same time also understanding why everyone else might be so resistant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And um I also want to say that I really enjoy how they've streamlined this. Again, this is another thing that was, you know, lots of different chapters and they just kind of compressed everything. I mean, there's this whole thing where Tormund's gone and then he comes back and that whatever. So it's it's kind of neat. One thing that the the show seems to have the Night's Watch super compressed into Castle Black. Like, we hear about East Watch, but we don't really hear much. Last week we heard about how he wanted... Um, What's his face? Janos. Janos to uh, go to the the ruin, but he doesn't talk about how he wants him to rebuild it. And in the books, it's all part of John wanting to rebuild and bring Castle Black to its glory. So in this, he says, you know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna take steps, steps, sorry, ships. Uh, we're gonna borrow ships from Stannis. Meanwhile, in the books, you know, Castle Black has their own ships. Uh, not Castle Blacks, and the Night's Watch. They have their own ships, and they're using their own ships, and they really are not so dependent on it, on Stannis for this stuff. But 
you know, again, it's the show is very different, and um, it's it's just very interesting the the different changes. It makes me kind of sad because the Night's Watch just really looks measly. Yeah, it seems to make it seem more desperate. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. I feel like if I didn't read the books, I'd say, well, why don't they just climb over a different place? Why did they have to attack Castle Black? Well, because. I mean, the answer always, although I'll agree that the show doesn't necessarily always do a good job at reminding us this, is, sure, the able-bodied fighters can climb the wall. They have a lot of old people and children and injured and sick that couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to to leave them behind. So they need the tunnel, yeah. But I feel like, you know, if you're just watching the show, you, you're you like, well, they can build stuff that'll go over the wall. I mean, if there's only these people at Castle Black, you know, there's all this other wall that can, there's other opportunities. But, you know, in the books, they spell it out more just because it's all world building and stuff. Yeah. It's it's just me thinking, not not criticizing, just comparing. And, yeah. uh yeah, you'd think they'd be able to rig up a pretty quick elevator system with a couple giants and mammoths. Yeah, they have giants <laughs> and mammoths. Like, really? <laughs> they don't have good steel over there, though. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, if the Amish don't need nails, the wildlings can figure it out, okay? The Amish are also not building elevators that are 700 feet tall that are intended <laughs> but to if they had, But if they had... <laughs> Giants and mammoths, maybe they would be. <laughs> All right, Tangent City. I uh, I did really enjoy, because I kept waiting for John to say it, I really enjoyed when he was like, look, I'd rather them on the south of the wall than them turn into something more that we have to fight. The more wildlings we get south, the less dead people we have to fight. Yeah, I did enjoy that. So much of the problem is that it's almost everyone who went with them north of the wall and fought at the fist of the first men and know and saw these things firsthand, almost all of those people are dead. Yeah. There's only a couple of them left. Um, and not even all of them are on John's side yeah. here. Like, uh, like uh, Ed was up there with them, right? And, uh, you know, and even being loyal he's you know he's there saying like listen i'll follow you i'll do what you say but i can't agree with you that this is the right thing I guess it just goes to show how ingrained the thousand years of battle with the wildlings is you know that mm-hmm. they have well, always been the enemy and they literally just finished fighting them so it's so fresh in their minds like with ollie mhm Yes, but I agree. The uh, the only thing that the Night's Watch should really be worrying about is how many White Walkers they have to fight now that everybody knows that they exist there. Everybody believes that they exist. Does there, there aren't any dissenters on the wall anymore, are they? Or do uh, they not talk about that aspect, do you think? I mean, my, they I, accept it as truth. It's yeah. just that the rest of the realm doesn't, right? Well, I, yeah, I think that's probably true, but I think there's also probably a difference between believing that your fellow brothers are not lying and having it really be real to you emotionally. Yeah. Well, and right. there's got to be a difference between, um, like, for instance, the people that were on the wall saw the, the White Walk, uh, not the White Walkers, they were wildlings, never mind. People that were beyond the wall saw the wa- White Walkers and the people who just 
finished fighting off all of these wildlings from yeah. north and south of the wall. Like, mm -hmm. we were just in a blood-soaked battle with these people. And mm -hmm. now you just want to give them keys to the kingdom? Yeah, like, how do yeah. we know that as soon as you let them through, they're not just going to kill all of us and then cut a huge swath through the whole country, and then yeah. our legacy will be that we let down the realms of men, lay down our shield, and let reavers come and just cut everybody down. <laughs> Right, exactly. like that's Back what they're thinking. Fly. Distinct is, possibility. Know. That's uh, that's kind of their culture. <laughs> it's yeah. global warming, is what it is. <laughs> right? Yeah. John is talking about, hey, this is the global warming is going to come and kill us all, and everyone else is saying, but it'll ruin our economy. I know. Wait, I need more hairspray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'm I'm probably jumping out of order, but I'm staying at the wall. The discussion that Stannis has with Samuel Tarly. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Um, that I was respect that Sam has long been, has long been, er had earned long ago, I think. And it gave us a lot of information in a very short amount of yeah. time. Mm -hmm. So, they say you killed a White Walker. How did you do that? Oh, with some dragon glass. The maesters call it obsidian. I know what it is. Yeah. It's all over Dragonstone. But then you know? he starts, like, telling him all the reading he's done and the research, mm -hmm. and Stannis can only respect that, you know? Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's, he's not just sitting there reading about some old king and just learning history. He's working his ass off. I didn't even realize that that's what he was reading all about, you know? But yeah, it, it wasn't just sense. Sam having fun geeking out. It yeah, was he's strategizing. And but I love that because yes, Dragonstone has obsidian. Yeah. And if we remember one of my theories, Dragonstone, the my, the theory is that it it's a dragon, mm. out of a stone dragon. It's <laughs> either a dragon that turned to stone or it was a stone dragon. I or don't it's know. A dragon with grayscale. Uh, <laughs> you don't know. I don't know dragon math. Place where his daughter's got grayscale, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. The fact that what can kill the White Walkers is held in the same place that has a dragon is very telling to me because, of course, I my big hope is that the dragons are going to go up and burn up all the White Walkers, and th that's why we have dragons in the world, is mm -hmm. to get rid of the White Walkers. Why do we have slayers to get rid of vampires? If there are no vampires, mm -hmm. there are no slayers. So, you know, it's uh, yeah. it, it, it plays into my own fan theories. Yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed the scene. And because it makes so much sense, it probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be subverted in like some that. way. Um, <laughs> one of the things that the show is definitely doing, especially this season, is rehabilitating rehabilitating Stannis's image. Yes. Because at, even at this point in the books, I still really can't stand Stannis. Yeah. It's more like a matter of like, Oh my God! I can't believe he's the only one who understands this threat, and we have to rely on him. Uh, and now, yeah, now we have to be. But now he's him. actually kind of awesome. I mean, you know, he's not warm and fuzzy, mm -hmm. but yeah. you know, like we saw how nice he was with Shireen, and he's yeah. the one that respects Sam, and he's the only one that's actually doing anything, and that he's the one marching an army south to take yeah. Winterfell back. Like he's like the hero now, almost. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's really interesting that they're doing that and of course my personal line of the night um was 
when one of the other, um, I think it was the first builder was talking about how um, you know we'll we'll have uh, we'll have less enemies to fight down here, and uh, Stannis just goes fewer. <laughs> yes, I know. Like, oh my God. I knew he was a grammar Nazi. Who I think. Knew? And then the what? Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. You won't get it. Fewer. Yeah. I absolutely love that too. I was just like. Yeah. Oh my God, Stannis, I love you. I know. He definitely thinks he should be king. (laughs) I I do like Stannis. To me, Stannis has always been, in in the books at least, he's always been Ned without the lovable nature, you know? Um, A colder Ned. (laughs) Yes, a colder Ned. He's very hard, but he, he really believes in what he's doing, and... Part of that is colored because you see it through Davos's eyes, and he's just got well, such a man crush on him. There's uh, also the whole Lord of Light thing. Yeah, yeah the Lord of Light thing's a little, eh, but it's it's weird because I'm not exactly sure where we are in the books here. But at some point in the books, like the whole time, I hate Melisandre, and then at some point, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I think I like her, and I'm not feeling that in the show yet. But I'm definitely <laughs> Dennis in the show, you know. I like, definitely. Uh, yeah. I don't think I can go there with you either. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I find Melisandre interesting, but she is creepastic from every page that I've read her on, in my opinion. Oh, She's absolutely, um, creepy. absolutely <laughs> yeah. creepy. Um, so uh, one of the things that I think is just really interesting in terms of you know subverting these high fantasy tropes, though, is there is this obvious distinction between the frozen white walkers and then the fire of the dragons and that whole thing. And even the Lord of light. And the idea Mm -hmm. is the Lord of light behind the dragons. Is that kind of one and the same thing? But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, frozen zombies, white walkers, they're definitely bad. We definitely don't like them. Right. But then, Lord of Light's kind of creepy too. Yeah. So like, <laughs> sacrifice. Are we on that side, or are yeah. we really? It's again. It's like we talked about last time. Is the, are we really stuck in the middle between two got two different forces that we wish would leave us out of it? Yeah, they go with the rock and a hard place. Shadows all over again. It really is. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Chooch? With uh, Melisandre, I had a moment. The moment, um, pretty early on. You know, where obviously, okay, she's creepy, there's something weird, and this yeah. whole, everything about blood and shadow babies and all this is, <laughs> seems pretty fucking evil, so yeah. I don't like her. But yeah. <laughs> when she heard about the White Walkers, when she yeah. immediately got in a stance and said, we're mm-hmm. going. Yeah. This, we That's have what to I go. was going to say. That's so that, totally to my me, was a turn. Yeah, that was like, yeah. well, okay, she can't be all bad. <laughs> She doesn't want just to be there at his side as he rules Westeros. Mm-hmm. She's looking at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And and that's what that scene was for me as well. Creepy as fuck in the books. But that moment, the way they portrayed it on the show, I think really redeemed her a lot. And I wanted to, I, I, this but, may be due to Well, for me, it hasn't, she's gone back. Because yeah. <laughs> she said, let's go. And then they stopped the wildlings. And now she's yeah. creeping John out and everything else, and she's kind of <laughs> well, like forgotten about, you know, the white one. Well, what is she doing with John? You know, you know how she is when she thinks that there's some royal blood somewhere. Well, right, like her whole deal is, yeah, yeah, shadow seems scary, but you only cast a shadow when you have light. Right, right, and and so if we want to make the case that she is sincere, in and you know, with good intentions. Despite being creepy, 
<laughs> um, then we have to would have to ask if maybe you know even though we don't like the idea of burning people alive for power and using royal blood and shadow assassin babies, uh, the question then just becomes if we want to try to say Melisandre is actually. I wasn't. I was going to say good, but how about just not evil? Yeah. <laughs> then we have yeah. to ask, what about all of these tactics she's using? Does mm -hmm. that make them not evil? Because she mm -hmm. believes they are the expression, the way that the Lord of Light wants to, this stuff to happen. Yeah. I think. I think that one. And I'm not arguing. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Um. And I'm. I probably am still delaying Chooch from talking, mm -hmm. but. The thing that I keep having to remind myself about with the show is that these are not modern times that they live in. These aren't modern morals. You know, we don't believe in burning people alive. We give them poison when we want to euthanize them or, you know, you know, punish them, terminate their life or whatever. But, you know, they behead and they flay and they, you know, do all kinds of stuff. And I think it's just more a matter of the technology that they have at hand. So I don't, it's like the blood sacrifices, the Aztecs did that. I mean, there's so many cultures and there are still cultures that are doing that. So it's, it is absolutely archaic and horrifying. Um, the thing for me about Malisandra is I wanted to ask you ladies if you had noticed any, um, noticed what I had with Melisandre when and her time at the wall, which is that every scene, and I rewatched all of them, and I don't think I, I may have missed one or two, but every scene at the wall with Melisandre had her looking like she was wearing black or very, very, very dark burgundy. Her hair looked dark. The whole time I felt like that she was at... Um, that she was at the wall, that she had almost taken on the aspect of the Black Brothers. And um, then the scene where, which I didn't discuss with you guys, I missed your discussion last week about their little hot moment. Um, all of a sudden, her hair was red. Her outfit is red. Her, you know, she's red again. And then again, as she's departing on this episode, it's a more somber red than we saw at Dragonstone. It's not as vibrant as she wore when she met Arya. Ooh, Arya. And she she talked about the different colored eyes. So she looked into John's eyes. Do we think John's eyes are one of the ones that Melisandre was talking about? Or is that just too many tangents in one? Well, uh, that's hard to say, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but did you guys notice the color? Well, yeah, thing? she's definitely in darker colors. I def yeah. definitely noticed that. Well, I think it we just seemed like they were trying to like put put the her, the the lol, Lord of Light, on the down low <laughs> while they were there because they knew the kind of different religions they were dealing with and it seemed to really keep the, everybody from picking her out as being the Red Priestess. It kind of I think it worked. I think her little camouflage thing worked. Yeah, I I remember we even discussed how she looked um, like she was in darker colors last season. That you almost didn't even notice her during that, uh, when they were burning of the bodies, and then all of a sudden it was on her, and she's looking over right. at John, and yeah, it could be her seeing what you think she might have seen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, I think she may have been testing him more than anything else when she hit on him, but that's a totally that's an episode ago. So, <laughs> well, I I th we have to also acknowledge the possibility that it's not necessarily intended to be an in story change as much as just they've. De decided for the look of the show to tone down the color 
There but may I, also be different lighting where they're filming because they're always filming outside instead of. Well, inside. they then they and they use kind of the blue yeah. filter on the yeah. scene up at yeah. Castle Black to make yeah. it look cold and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it may be that some of that is just you know that it's kind of playing in in that way. But uh, at the same time, absolutely, you're right. She's <laughs> definitely in darker colors. I don't know why, but uh, you're, right. you're not you're not wrong to have noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's so, head. Church, did I ever let you finish your thought? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Let's let's head south a little to outside oh, of Winterfell. Sorry. No, uh, just Band very Cass. quickly. Uh, the total cuteness between Davos and Shireen. Yeah. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> Love. Um, just the and we can. I mean, without belaboring the point, we can mm-hmm. also just note that the the fact that Celise, Shireen and Melisandre are marching south with Stannis is yeah. also a change mm-hmm. from the books. Oh. Yeah, huge all, all of them stayed up at Castle Black in the book. I didn't remember that. Mm. But thank you. Thank you for... I, did anybody else feel like they could have at least taken, like, an old cart or something and thrown a blanket over it for Shireen and, and Cerise? Because they're, like, so, like... They don't have armor. They're, like, on horses walking along. Well, they're just has armor. At this point. Well, when they're actually fighting, she's not going to be in the thick of it. Yeah. Well, they, but what they, if there's a bowman? I mean, the wildlings didn't wait and let you know they were there. They didn't attack, you know, honorably on the field of battle. They snuck up and killed people. Well, it looks like mm-hmm. there's a good, you know, thousand or so troops ahead of them. That's not good enough for sure. I'm the sorry. way. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was I was with Davos. What do you mean you're taking her? Are you high? <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't remember how big his army is supposed to be at this point, but yeah, that, you know, no Dothraki math. There was that winding trail heading out. Oh, man. It was very long. Yeah. And cheers to Stannis for trusting John's judgment, because he also clearly gave him the ships for them yep. to use to go get the rest of the wildlings. I mean, that, well, that wasn't just a token, I support your choice. It's like, here's my fleet of ships. I hope I get them back someday. Well, I think Stannis, remember, he also had made the offer to Mance to say, I want you to bring your people south and fight for me. Um, And so uh, I think he's maybe still holding out hope that that's on the table. If not officially, then at least once they're south, he can ask them if they're willing. And he's he's wise enough strategist to know that even if all he's doing is throwing more bodies between the, the realm and the White Walkers just on this side of the wall instead of the other side of the wall. It still slows him down for him, hopefully. And I mean, I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's trying to help everybody, not just become king, because mm-hmm. I don't think he would have derailed to Bravos and then to the wall if it were simply about getting the kingdom, kind of like Danny's not simply about getting the kingdom. She's trying to do good as she goes mm-hmm. on her journey, which is well, maturing her, too. I think you're right, but I also think that Stannis thinks that the best way to help people is for him to become king. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he knows grammar, so. <laughs> so it'll be a very True. literate ruling. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we nice. off to next, Juch? Uh Just outside of Winterfell, we get a little brief scene with Brienne and Pod. Mm-hmm. Did y'all notice his swagger? Did anybody else pick up on that? Did you see that, Chooch? Yep. He was kind of like walking through like he had him some swagger for the first time. And I think it was Brienne and the respect and all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool. It's kind of like 
it, I, I think it's even more than he had with Tyrion. It's like a different kind of yeah. swagger. Uh, he did seem to be in a good mood. Mm. I um I got a unbreakable. Call. I got, <laughs> yes, the unbreakable Podrick Payne. Uh, I got a call uh, this week. Tech was at work and and he calls me. He's like, quick, quick, quick. Uh, the king's son. Big arm. Who's that? I'm like Gendry. Yeah. He's like, okay, so that's not the guy going off with Brienne, right? I'm like, no, that's Podrick Payne. And he goes, okay. He's like, I thought so, but my boss was really confused and he thought they were the same person. And I was like, all right, this is why. And I had, so to, had to call in a ringer. <laughs> it was really funny. Well, because Tech isn't watching this season and he oh. didn't watch most of last season. He gave up. Theon's torture just, he's done. And he yeah. was straight for the books and that's totally fine. There's lots of people that just... They're one or the other. I know some yeah. people who can't read the books, but like the show, vice versa, and some people that don't like anything. I hold no judgments. Yeah. But um, so he was like, all right, so explain what's going on with this, this in the show. And I'm like, well, this is the reason why. Because Patrick is growing up, the actor who plays him, and he's looking more and more and more like Gendry every day. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't seen Gendry since yeah. last season. He's so. out growing in circles somewhere. <laughs> Did we even see him last season? I think it was the season I don't before, think so. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no. probably. Yeah, because he took off with Thoros, and we haven't. Yeah, it was. Know, he it wasn't uh, even with Thoros. It was no, because Davos got him away from Melisandre. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh my gosh. But that was the last we saw him, because that's why Arya and Melisandre fought, because she was taking Gendry, but then Davos got him away. That's yeah. um, right. But that was. Season three, yeah, because last was season ago. was Arya and the Hound. Yeah, hmm. Arya. I, I, I it's still a long history in the show these days. Back. Yeah. What, yeah. Nutty? What, Nutty? Oh, I hold out hope that he'll come back. I pray that man. Oh my lord, they need to bring him back. He's cute. <laughs> if, mm. if you just want more of, um, what is it, Chris Dempsey? Something Dempsey. Uh, watch Skins. I want Gendry and Arya on the Iron Throne side by side at the end of Book Seven. <laughs> so for me, it's Gendry. <laughs> in um, in, in Skin, it's remember that time that Gendry and uh, uh, Gilly lived together. The actress what? who plays Gilly is also from the show Skins. I've never seen it. <laughs> That's what, like I said, it's all about Gendry. For me. Just watch it. There you go. But it's not Gendry. No, no, it's not Gendry. No. I think we watched episode one, but it's very teen. Maybe, anyways. <laughs> Let's go directly into Winterfell to uh, Crazy McFuckwad's Love Den. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ramsey. Miranda has oh. a jealous. Yes, she does. She does. She lost that one for sure. I was I... going to marry you. When I was a bastard. I'm not a bastard anymore. <laughs> but, He's got hey, a lot of Joffrey in him. We can oh. still be together. And yeah, I really feel for her. It Because, well, I mean, obviously he's crazy and she may be into it. She seemed into it, but she is. She was the one that helped him hunt down that other girl last oh, time. Right, I yeah. Rem yeah, yeah, she was. But I mean, does that make her a survivor? Or right. does that make her evil? If right. she is with Crazy McFuckwad and he says, I'm bored, let's go kill that girl. Are you going to say no? And then he might kill you. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. I think. But she's told there's some twisted shit going on there for sure. But I don't think she'd be off killing people. But mm. she doesn't mind hurting people because look what she did to Sansa. Yeah. Oh yeah. She yeah, did yeah. that just well, to hurt Sansa. No, I I understand that, and I'm not excusing any oh, yeah. of her behavior. I'm saying the character as she stands today has been shaped into the person she is now that lured Sansa down there because she's been with crazy McFuckwad too long. Yeah. She, Maybe. Don't make I mean, excuses for her. Yeah. She's well, a grown woman. All I was going to say is <laughs> I, I kind of feel for it's her. Not, it's not circumstances. It's not the class system. It's not her gender and having no power. She's just evil. She had all the choices. <laughs> I That's where I have the problem is that when people don't have choices to escape abusive situations... I feel like the show's implication has been that she's into it and she has stayed with him on purpose. Mm. But I was saying I kind of feel for it because my hope um, when I saw, you know, they're still together and is that she gets all of Ramsey's crazy, evil, you know, sadistic bullshit and Sansa won't get it. For but now, then clearly oh. she's going to get plenty of emotional <laughs> either yeah. way. Yeah. So like, like basically you were hoping that Miranda would be uh, Sansa's whipping boy. Well, that's like, she's the outlet for Ramsey's outlet for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, himself. like the, the and, idea of a whipping in that boy. Case, was, I hope oh, right. Instead of the prince getting hit, the whipping boy would get hit because you can't hit the prince. So instead of his wife getting hurt, Miranda would get hurt. The mistress yeah. would get hurt. Right. In that okay. case, I hope she's into that sick shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think her her role in the TV show is very interesting, and I do like this this level here. It's it's a very interesting level. I like it. Yeah. I felt sorry for her in this scene. I mm. did not feel sorry for her in the later scene. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Initially, I just felt sorry that I thought she really needed a sandwich because. You could see her hip bones like sticking out. It was like a grit. You know, I love that comment. <laughs> oh, honey. Somebody's oh, honey, you. Have a Winter's sandwich. coming. I think the crew right. or somebody, food craft services would run over. I don't, I, I don't want to tell you guys you guys are wrong to feel the way you did. And I understand that this scene taken in and of itself. I could see it, but I'm just remembering that that scene where she, with him, hunted a girl and set dogs on her, and, and she was talked. into it. She was she not was pretending for his benefit. I she agree. was into it. I totally, oh, I agree, totally agree she was into it. I'm that doesn't mean I don't feel that. bad for her. I, I totally you know. forgot that was her. That was totally her, and she was laughing, yeah. and she thought it was funny. She wanted mm -hmm. to didn't she want to do something even crueler to her? It was like, only even dogs? happening because she was jealous. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. But, I mean, mm -hmm. wasn't she going to set the dogs to eat her eat, eat her yeah. rival's face off? And he said no, no, and shot her or something? Wasn't she going to do something mm -hmm. even meaner at the end? I don't remember that. She's but... just like infinite cruelty, but... Mm -hmm. But even monsters can feel pain. <laughs> <laughs> or are they monsters because of their pain? I'm thinking uh, too much. You're thinking too much. <laughs> Sansa gets so, a um, lifeline from the help, which I'm presuming is directly related to Brienne saying we need to get a message to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Brienne convinced people that she was true, which is kind of cool. Um, 
it's like the first time it actually happens and works yeah. out well for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I like this little uh, whisper network going on. Yeah. Uh, I did have somebody had said they're like you know in the books this whole no- the North remembers is this something that happens after the Red Wedding? And um, no, it's it's something that Rob Stark even says beforehand when he's dealing with the whole thing about uh, I think it's one of the Car Starks his son was had had been killed and he's like I owe a debt because of that he's never gonna forgive that. These are Northmen. They're not like other men the North remember. So it is a saying among the North, but it's become like uh, a battle cry now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I think that um, one of the reasons nobody's really, like, you know, really appreciated or believed Brienne's oath was true and, and mm-hmm. pure and honorable and all those things that we know it to be because they weren't from the North. Yeah. The people from the North recognize that kind of honor code and when she says you know I I I made an oath to the lady and we know what that means it was almost like a nudge nudge wink wink we know what that means and you know I have to live up to that and I think that I mean she's just so honest and believable in everything you know I think she really she couldn't have Hmm? In the south, in the south, that honesty and nobility is seen as being a fool. It's a weakness, yeah. Yeah, but in the north, it's valued. And I think also one of the things that we get a lot of subtle cues here, like for instance, the the guy cleaning out her chamber pot had met Ned Stark. You know, he knew the Starks, and that is very different than other lords in the south. They wouldn't have known their small folk, and right. um, when. When Miranda's talking to Sansa and it's, she says, who made your dress for you? And she's like, I did. My mother taught me to do this. A lot of the southern ladies may not have sewn. I mean, I'm sure they sewed for, for pastor, and but stuff. But they didn't actually sew their own clothes. Right. So I mean, they're more grounded. On that note, this is a detail that I didn't pick up on myself, but I read somewhere um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I think it's something we should be on the lookout for. Okay. Is that, you know, that necklace that she's got that almost yeah. looks like the little Ghostbuster sign? Yeah. It said that every time she is briefly thinking she might be in danger, she goes to grab it like maybe there's something on the end of that cord that goes down into her bodice, Ooh. like maybe a knife or something. Ooh. Interesting. Cool. Oh, that would be fun. I would love to see that. And so <laughs> the fact that she made the dress, like, so she would, nobody else might know that she put something like that in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I didn't pick up the on that myself. Someone else said that, yeah. said that, but we should watch for it. I yeah. think. Totally. That's a good theory. Yeah, I like that. Well, after this conversation Dude. with the lifeline, she, uh, she seemed immediately relieved to me. It seemed like a weight was mm-hmm. lifted, like, you know, well, everything's yeah. not completely desperate. Yeah. You know, there's an escape mm-hmm. hatch. Yeah. She needed that because she turned Brienne down before she met Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And before she saw Theon. And yeah. before wow. she knew what Littlefinger's plan was. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. Well, I mean he they did have that moment, you know, overlooking and he said, It's your choice, we can turn around. So she chose it, but you know, now she's met Ramsey, she's met Ruth, she sees what's going down in her home. Mm-hmm. And it's good to know that, okay, there is another option. I don't know what it is, but, you know, at least there's no lack of entire hope. It's not total darkness. And I feel like it, it leads more towards later on when they're having dinner and, and she says, this isn't a strange place. This is my home. 
it makes her realize, yes, I am home. Mm -hmm. You know, it may have been burned. There are strangers in here, but this is my home. And I kind of like that. So what did you guys think about Sansa seeing Theon? Uh, Well, when right before she gets over there, she's looking at the tower Presumably that's the yeah. tower Bran fell out of, right? Right, right, right. Is is that what you guys thought as well, that that was Bran's tower? Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, it is, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotta love it, because she's got to go to that, and then the chick is saying, to remember, it's a good thing your mom taught you to sew, so that you can remember, and they're standing right where her brother fell. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, George. I just remembered, there's something else you can remember, and yeah. heads into the kennels, and I'm thinking... I I really wasn't expecting Theon Rick to be there. Um, even Me though neither. I do remember somebody or remember that he'd stayed in the kennels. Um, so what did you think you were going to see, baby? I thought she, there was going to, I, I, for some reason thought there would be a dire wolf. And Me too. Me too. That. Christiana. I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I did didn't you, have Did you theory. even. Think that? No, I, I, I didn't oh. have a theory. I was very in the moment of just saying, "Oh, I don't know what it's going to be. We'll have to see." Yeah. yeah. So go I ahead. Well, I was going to say, as she's walking down the hall, mm-hmm. and you're hearing the growling, and I'm like, oh, "It's going to be a direwolf." And I'm like, "Wait, but who's direwolf? Could it be? Is it going to be Namira? Do they like?" And I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, "No, Lady is definitely dead. We definitely yeah. saw that happen. It won't be summer." I hope. Yeah. Well, no, it can't be summer. Uh, I hope it's not Shaggy Dog. I hope they didn't find right. Like, and I'm just going through my head trying to figure out what direwolf. And then, so I'm so glad I'm not the only one. No, I I had a whole, by the time they got to the actual cell where Theon was, I had already lived out this big fantasy where, ooh, Miranda doesn't know that the direwolves are going to be good to Sansa and she can sick the damn direwolf on her and rip her face off and woohoo, direwolf. Oh, it's reek. Yeah, I'm uh, expecting the, you know, meanish and then sniffing and realizing it's her and all that. Yeah. And then oh, I realized, wait, really... the door's already open. It wouldn't just be open if there were direwolves yeah. running yeah. around in the kennels. Because she wouldn't have opened that, for sure, if there was a direwolf in it. Anyone watching, please write into the Q&A and tell us what you thought was going to be at the end of that tunnel. Or if you're listening, you can send us an email or yes. comment on the site because I, I, I'm with Nutty. I need to know that other people went this crazy route. <laughs> um, I, what I was actually thinking about was just feeling, A, Sansa should have insisted that uh, Miranda accompanying her down there and not say, you go yep. first, I'll wait here. That ruined the surprise. No, bullshit. Come with me. Come on, Kettle Master's I, I daughter. I don't know you. I'm yeah. not going to walk down past growling dogs. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to walk first. Yeah. <laughs> but Sansa yeah. doesn't like to show fear, though. She does not like to show fear anymore. And Miranda is just egregiously manipulative. There's, yeah, I know. But at the same time, like, there's a difference, I think, between showing fear and taking a stupid risk. And this felt a little bit too much on the latter side to me. But that's a nitpick. Um, but so it was basically my thinking was, is Miranda stupid enough to actually try to do something to Sansa? I know, right? That's that's, that's what I, I was thought. thinking about. And oh, so I didn't even yeah. really think about what might be specifically. And then like once it, I saw Theon, it's like, oh, obviously. Like yeah. that's obviously yep. the right thing yep. to happen here. And it's Passive so cool just because, because as we talked about, it wasn't Sansa. 
in the books. Yes. So having this confrontation, this is really the first time any of the Starks have been able to confront Theon since he betrayed them all and took Winterfell. And killed the boys. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they think <laughs> it was very, They're still saying they, it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, it's, it was interesting, though, and I think reckless on Ramsay's part to push that whole apology and lie thing since both, you know, Theon, of course, knows, but Ramsay also knows, and so does Roos, because Theon told them that it wasn't really Bran and Rickon. Yeah. So, but they so, need her to think that. I mean, if she thinks her brothers might be well, alive, right? Yeah. But making a big deal about yeah. it and forcing the apology is running the risk that Theon might say something. Oh yeah. Wrong. That would like he yeah. might slip but, up and then wait. What? I think. I think. Um, I think that uh, Ramsey's just so convinced of his control that over him that it was him showing off, really. Well, um, yeah. no, I, I well, think the big problem here, though, is, and this is what's different from the books and the show, is if Bran and Rickon or Rickon ever show up, Sansa knows what they look like. She can really tell if they're real or not. Yeah. Whereas in the books, uh, what it is is it's one of Sansa's friends that went with her to to uh, King's Landing. They bring her back and are saying that she's Arya, and she has to pretend to be Arya to to stay alive. So if either of the boys ever come back, she'll just say no because they've got control over her. They don't actually have control over Sansa's mm. will. So that's a little oh. bit different. The it, way I thought that as far as I mean I don't I don't know about that. That's mm. something I've got I don't I don't remember that part from the book. It, you haven't read that part yeah. yet. Well, it's also But I think but I think that it was an interesting repeat because they showed how Ramsey scared the shit out of Theon after he knew that he'd been spotted by Sansa and hadn't hadn't told Ramsey. He was kind of keeping it on the DL. And so when Ramsey confronts him, scares the shit out of him, and then shows him a kindness. And the kindness is, I'm not going to peel anything off your body, which yeah. doesn't seem like a great kindness, but <laughs> Theon knows, oh, holy shit, this just saved me something. So he's immensely grateful to Ramsey right now before he brings him in the room. So he knows he's got him cowed and at heel. And I think the really, I was shocked at how silent Roos was. Until, because he was just watching it, like, oh, wow, okay, totally let's see, let's see, yeah. let's see. But then he did, oh, tell him the wonderful news. Kapow. Yep. You know? And he, he pulled him under, under, with a leash the same way that uh, Ramsey had done with Theon. Pulled mm -hmm. him to heel right away. You may think you're cock of the walk, but come heel, boy. And he did. And then he rewarded him again. Yeah. Oh, and 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 Roos was just so good in that. Oh my God, so he good. Is, he scares the shit out of me. Yeah, because oh, scares me more than Ramsey because he's so much smarter than Ramsey. No. Mm -hmm. See, because that's that's where I was thinking Ramsey is overplaying his hand here mm -hmm. because you know as much control as he's got over Theon, he has had Theon completely separated from. Anything, you know, yeah. that memories. But now he's living in Winterfell where he always, where he had grown up, you know, yeah. from, from being a little kid. And now putting him around Sansa and forcing him to dredge up things that he did yeah. at Theon. Mm. Yeah. 
making them. I feel like it's risky. The smart thing would be to keep those two as far apart as possible. What I saw was those. Sorry. I saw the gears turning as he was trying to say it. And what I'm seeing is from the scene before, don't lie to me. Tell her you killed. Well, I didn't kill him. So do you not want me to lie or? <laughs> That's the struggle mm-hmm. I saw. But I yeah, I think that the, the, the personality struggle was definitely there, too. Maybe that's all they intended was that beyond Greek struggle. But I was seeing the do I lie or do I tell the truth? <laughs> well, I think he's been trained to just agree with anything that Ramsey says. Mm-hmm. What Ramsey what a good says is truth, do. yeah. Right. Well, I just I want to say again, the acting that Alfie Allen is doing is phenomenal. Like he may not have been my Theon, like what I imagined Theon to be. But as he's been Reek, I feel like his acting has his execution. He's he's gotten better as an actor throughout the show. Yeah, definitely. He's had to that. I mean, they didn't. It was either. Keep up or be gone, because we know they'll swap out. <laughs> we know they'll swap out actors. And you know, in some ways, despite the fact that I think we were all on the same page of feeling like the torture was too much back when that was happening, it's also true that I think with less of that on screen, it would be harder to buy Theon behaving as Reek. It would be mm-hmm. harder to believe that he was really that broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We believe it because we saw all that happen. Yeah. We've got Sheriff Bullock, his prediction in the tunnel. Uh, I did not expect Theon or Dire Wolves at the end of the tunnel. I thought Miranda would try to sick dogs on Sansa or scare her yeah. via said dogs. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember the scene when she and Ramsay pursued that girl through the woods. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. She, and she is the kennel master's daughter. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, so I, I, that's kind of where I, my head was at, too. Yeah. yeah. Total legitimate theories, too. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I also, like, I had so many ideas going through my head, but I was hoping for dire wolves. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping for dire wolves. The I should have known better because they don't like using them. <laughs> right. That, I can't uh, wait to see when I get The pow that Roos gives, oh, yeah, she's pregnant and looks directly yeah. at Ramsey. We think it's yeah. a boy. Yeah. And then Sansa's little, like her little smirk on her face when she mm-hmm. glanced at Ramsey, like, mm-hmm. I know what this means because I, I, <laughs> she survived the Red Keep. She knows what that shit means. Hooker yeah. grown up smart. <laughs> so in the books, um, we get we get the same backstory that Roose tells, but it's more Ramsey. Roos had kids, I believe, if I remember correctly, and Ramsey killed them. I I believe also that he had children. I don't remember if Ramsey <laughs> killed him, but I wouldn't be surprised. Roos has come to the idea that any kids he had with Batwalda, any sons, Ramsey would end up killing. But he was okay with, with that at that point because he felt that having too many kids from too many people would leave things in question and and you just end up with the same issue that's going on with the um, Iron Throne. Right. Mm. That he was afraid of fights over succession. He really, you know, wanted his boys to be to take over, but once, you know, Ramsey had them killed and he legitimized Ramsey, yeah. he realized, all right, this is just something I'm going to have to live with. Well, yeah, especially after Tywin just 
you know, bought it on the crapper, you know, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, this shit can go back, can backfire, especially as crazy as Ramsey is. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you read Sheriff Bullock's comment? Yes, uh-huh. I agree. That is priceless. Yeah. Read it, read it, read Bolton it. Lord told us the lovely story of Ramsey's mother when he hanged her husband oh, and raped her Jesus Christ. under the tree <laughs> and <laughs> contemplated drowning the baby. I kept saying to myself, okay, gross, gross. That's gross. You're a gross person. Mm-hmm. Stop talking, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I think it's important that we got that because we have to, I, it would be because Ramsey is so flamboyantly awful that we have to remember Roos is like that too. He's just more, much more calculated about it. He raised him to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. And he, we have to remember he's the one that put a sword through Rob Stark's chest Mm-hmm. Was, he did that personally. Yeah. Um, and ensured. And death. yeah, and so the he is just as awful, but just in a in a different flavor of yeah. of awful. And and I think that's also illustrated just by the way he lets Ramsey go through all of his theatrics at the dinner scene, and then just like. Oh, okay. Are you finished now? Well, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you scared? Tells him he's okay. Yeah, but yeah, and then like, and at the end though, yeah, kind of saying he he does that really great speech of simultaneously, don't worry about it, but maybe worry a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Stay useful to me. Yeah. This was a very, very similar conversation that Tywin and Tyrion had when Tyrion said, you always hated me, I was a monster, and you, you are my son, and all that, and I yeah. you know, would have mm-hmm. killed you. Specifically when Tywin wanted Tyrion to do something for him. Yeah. Which yeah. is mm-hmm. the case mm-hmm. here, you know. Yeah. I, I don't trust him at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's trying to... Uh, Christiana, i got to ask you this. Do, do you, and I'm sure you've talked about it on the show and stuff, but Chooch and I have this moment when we're watching Survivor where we'll always kind of look at each other and go, uh-oh. And it's always when someone's like, I got this. I'm running the show. I got this. I got that person. It's like as soon as you get cocky, you know that person's the next one out the door. Yeah. So it's like every time it's kind of carried into other things. And so when uh, Miranda got cocky, I was like, oh, girl, watch that step. When Ramsey got cocky and then like Ruse is super cocky right now because he just well I'm just going to take it all and so it's like who's going to school him and pull you know kind of is it going to be Stannis yeah, is it I, I think, be Iron Throne I think everybody there is overplaying their hand you know yeah. with uh, Miranda taking the step on her own to show Theon to, St- to Sansa yeah. with Ramsay forcing Theon to apologize to Sansa in front of everybody <laughs> not Roos. but well and then I think even Roos is potentially underestimating what Ramsey might be capable of. He thinks yeah. he knows because yeah. he sees all of this stuff, but I don't think he fully appreciates how quickly Ramsey would turn on him if he felt yeah. like he that's what he needed like he to do. To. Yeah. yeah. I think in the books, uh, Ramsey is much scarier than Roos. You get a little bit of insight into Roos uh, through some Theon chapters, or Reek chapters, and um, you see that he's a lot more calculating, but he's less scary, and he kind of 
has some regret, yada yada. Not saying he's a good guy. He's just less scary than creepy McFucko. Um, in the, I like in that the one show, <laughs> what I'm feeling right now is I feel like um, uh, Roos is scarier than Ramsey mm-hmm. in the show because he, because he has the cold and calculating nature. I'm not seeing anything redeeming, and no. I see him mm-hmm. just simply as a, a, a balance sheet and figuring out, okay, do this tick in the box here, this tick in the box there, to get his goals, whereas Ramsey is really indulging into the, the pleasure that he derives out of causing mm-hmm. people pain, and he feels like... Um, early spike to me from Buffy where, you know, it's it's impulse control issues. Mm. Uh, whereas in the books, I feel like he was a lot more strategic. So it's it's kind of interesting. Like, they're both bad it's, people. It's really an interesting <laughs> dynamic if you were to compare Ramsey Snow and Jon Snow and, you know, just the different way that they've turned out based on, you know, Ned was so honorable and Roos is, I mean, he flays people for fun, you know. And he almost so, drowned the baby. Right. I mean, he's a twisted fuck. And so it's like to see the contrast between them and how they could have turned out differently and just by, you know, their father deciding that they wanted to have a bastard running around, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it like Ned did it out of honor. Roos did it out of greed. It was his bloodline. That's my child. You know, yeah. I want to make sure my lineage continues. So I, I just, that's... There's some interesting guys. I I still find Ramsey scarier. I mean, because Roos is certainly awful, but I feel like he's awful in a more predictable way. Where as long as you can demonstrate your value to him, you you don't have to worry about him killing you just because he's bored. True. Um, whereas Ramsey, I feel like you you can't necessarily even guess what's going to piss him off today, or entertain him tomorrow. Um, and so that's scarier to me. No, I can I can definitely see that. I think I think more of it in the grander scheme. Whereas I think you're right. To anyone in Ramsey's immediate area, he's definitely the scariest because impulse control issues. Um, but to the grand scheme of things, I think um, in the show, Roos is scarier, and um, in the books, Ramsey is scarier. Whereas it's probably reversed for like immediate area. Like uh, I'd probably be more scared of. Well, no, I'm, I'd still be scared of Ramsey in the immediate area in the books too. So, but, well, yeah. you know, I think overall in this episode, though, um, even though it's not like I hated any of these scenes, and I think several of them had a lot of interesting st- things in them. We spent so much time with Ramsey and Roos, yeah. and I was just feeling like I don't want to spend this much time with Ramsey and Roos. Right. It's one thing if we have a Sansa scene and she's having to deal with Ramsey, yeah. but having a whole scene with Ramsey and Miranda and then another whole scene with Ramsey and Roos, and in addition to all of the other scenes where Sansa is involved, I was just starting to feel like, yeah. Can we move was, on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I predict we won't get any scenes of them next episode because they did so much in this episode. So shall we move on then? I just quick quick question: Who thinks that Ramsey's going to try to trip Walda now <laughs> and take out his competition? <laughs> mm, nah, you don't have to vote. <laughs> 
I think he's gonna, <laughs> or Miranda. He'll get Miranda too. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, I don't know. That's that's something to think about. Um, I I do want to. You did make me think of. He, he's so ignorant. <laughs> well, how can you tell? Like she's fat. It's like, dude, there's other ways than a belly. Like, what is wrong with you? Do you not understand where babies come from? This is the guy that raped his girlfriend earlier in the show. I thought he I mean, was just being, you know, being a child insulting. about everything. Mm-hmm. Being sulky and insulting. Petulant, yeah. yeah. And you got to feel for Walda. I mean, talk about being stuck in a situation you can't get out of. She doesn't have lifelines, you know, she's just, yep. this is it. And it doesn't seem yeah. like um, Roos is abusing her, at least. You right. Know? Do, well, do you I, think she seems unhappy? I think she's too dumb to realize how yeah. what a bad situation she's she in. I didn't even yeah. remember it was Sansa's fucking house they were sitting in. For- oh, <laughs> God yeah, bless her little pee picking heart. I swear. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> I thought she's just, you know, trying to make the best of a bad situation, um, at, which may be a better situation than she had at the twins. Even you can't yeah. be that stupid. Yeah, she was living like There's like a lot a, of one kids. of Craster's wives. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty nasty there. Well, and also, like, she didn't probably never expected to be one of the people who would get to get married to someone important. And yeah. you have to remember, Roost literally only picked her because he was promised whoever he chose their weight in silver. So he picked the fattest one. Yeah. Fatties win. Yay. Um, yeah. I, I'm I worth feel more like... than a skinny bitch. <laughs> Uh, I went to the I went Sorry. to the aquarium a couple of weeks ago, by the way, and they had this scale, and you can find out how much you were worth your weight in tuna. <laughs> I was kind of happy. I was like, I'm worth more than all of y'all. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> silly tangent. No, it's uh, I feel like in the books we get a little more about Fat Walda, so we know like her disposition, and we know how dumb she is, but. In the book, she's she's pretty happy and she really loves yeah. Bruce. She loves yeah. him because he he does treat her really nicely. But in the show, I don't know how much there that we see of that. Yeah. I can't separate it from the books. Some things mm. I can. This I'm not sure. So that's why I, yeah. I keep asking. To me, like I said, I just to me it seemed like just making the best out of a bad situation. We have to be here. It doesn't. We can. You know, we're a family now. Let's. <laughs> I do like how she seems to light up whenever Ramsey calls her mother. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> My stepson loves me. He might look throw even me down the, the stairs <laughs> someday. Yeah, that hasn't even entered her mind. She's just glad she's not at the twins anymore. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you don't know how crazy they are. <laughs> but you really, I mean, I hate, I, I agree with Christiana. It's like, oh, enough of the Boltons. But then that last final, I think it was the final part of the scene with Ramsey and Roos, where you see him laying out the map and troops going here and troops going there. And you're reminded that he's actually still a player in this game. And he mm-hmm. has plans that yeah he's keeping to himself again you know and so i i thought that that was like a yeah we're spending a lot of time here but oh hey remember all this <laughs> you know and it was kind of took me back to stannis when he had that table and moving it around and danny doing the same it's just like i thought it was a good reminder that he's not just crazy he's not just in power there he didn't just do all of those things he also still has more moves that he wants to make Yep. (laughs) 
So, Chooch, you want to read that next comment from Sheriff Bullock? He makes a bold prediction. I think Waldo will give birth and Ramsey will hold the baby and become instantly smitten by his baby brother. He'll renounce his morbid ways and become an upstanding citizen of the North and mentor to the baby Bolton and role model to all of Westeros. And they lived happily ever after. I like it. <laughs> I love it. Pass the bottle, Sheriff Bullock. <laughs> so we only have Jorah and Tyrion left, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. the last sequence. Um, I don't even know that there's an awful lot to say because it was so action heavy. I mean, it it right. was awesome, but it was not. It was I, well. Initially, I think the, I don't think it was just Tyrion uh, trying to get wine. I think he recognizes things. He's going to be really bad off in a while, you know. I drink. Yeah. People who drink have to keep drinking. He's going to be well, getting he's... the shakes and visions and DTs and all that. That's, that's, yeah, that is true. But I don't know I if mean, it'll play into anything, but. I, I think he's also really good, though, at getting people to talk. And so mm -hmm. he can figure out and strategize and stuff like that. So I think anytime he can get a foe to just ramble, he's thrilled. <laughs> But I was, I cannot, I just have to have my little squee fangirl moment because mm -hmm. I've been reading about the Doom of Valyria forever, been all this, all that, the Stone Men, the Grayscale. I am so fucking loving going into that horrifying Valyria because, like, the story they gave, you know, they, they, retold that song or poem or whatever it was and that's more information on the doom of valeria that i've gotten ever like and i didn't expect mm -hmm. to all have it pooped into a five minute <laughs> scene yeah. but i've been waiting like for like at least a decade to find out what the hell the doom is what happened and they did it i think in in a way that that even i can understand mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean one of the other fun things is if you if you look at the map of Essos, it makes perfect sense why they would be going this way. Because if you look at where Volantis is, where Jorah kidnapped Tyrion, and where Marine is, where they're trying to go, there's mm -hmm. basically two ways. You can go overland, which is the way that Barris was trying to take Tyrion, but where a kidnapper is potentially going to run into lots of people who might get in trouble. And so if you want to go away where no one will bother you, you go by sea and you go by sea in the place where you're not going to run into any other ships because yeah. nobody else wants to go that way. Exactly. So it makes perfect sense why they would go the way they're going. Tyrion's saying, aren't you afraid of it? And he's like, no, but the pirates are. <laughs> uh oh, here we go. Standing there in his romantic book pose. <laughs> and after the uh, scene is over, we're thinking, it's like, well, maybe the pirates were right. Yeah. Yeah. I was right yeah. to be afraid. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like the one thing that could steal attention from that, like, Steven Spielberg moment of seeing Drogon is a stoneman jumping in your boat. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that scene, was... it looked like, you know, Roman aqueducts and everything. Yeah. And you see Drogon and Tyrion's yeah. just like... And yeah. and that's what I was thinking. Like, how many centuries has it been that somebody's they're the first people to see a dragon fly over Valeria? And then it's like, of course he's when he went to Valeria. <laughs> Why aren't they? You know, where is he? Mm, let's check Valeria. Yeah. So yeah. this 
entire scene is another one of the scenes that gets super duper bonus points for me. Um, the whole thing is wonderful, in my opinion. Uh, they kind of combine Valyria and uh, the Roinar together. Um, in the books, we actually get both places separately, but that's okay. It works much better for film. And when they start telling the story together, it just started to send... It sent chills down my spine. And then as they're talking, you see over Tyrion's shoulder, there's somebody peeking their head out. And it's blurry, so you can't make it out because of the way that the depth of field on the camera is, right? And he pops his head out, and then he pops back. And you're like, <gasps> and I, I'm sure I only noticed that on first viewing because I was waiting for it because I knew it was coming. Um. Um, and then And then when the stone men are on the bridge and they jump down and there's the whole fight and everything and and I know that Tyrion's going to go over and everything happens and it's just there were I knew what was coming even though it's different people I yeah. knew what was coming but you hoped still, you knew what was coming I still had chills <laughs> yeah. I I felt my breath in my throat yeah. I was entirely swept up in the moment. Oh, yeah. and even before mm -hmm. that, when they watch Drogon fly overhead, yeah, yeah, and Tyrion sees <laughs> a dragon for the first time, but and like, yeah, ah, and then and then Jorah's like, whoa, he got big. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, better be nicer to him. Oh, so good. Like, yeah, this, this scene, the rest of the episode could have sucked. And this whole series of scenes would have made it worthwhile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. I think we also have to give the show a lot of credit for laying so much groundwork for us in terms of grayscale and what it does to yeah. be left yeah. untreated, both to set up the stone men as being super scary and for us to understand why don't let them touch you. Yeah. And, and then also when we see... Jorah, with a patch on his arm, we know how serious that is. Yeah. So, be, and we know all of that because the show has spaced that out, that information out, and given it to us a little bit at a time yeah. so that we know all that we need to know in this sequence without yeah. them having to slow down the action. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Beautifully executed. And what about that fake-out fade to black, though? I was about to lose my <laughs> I shit. Too. I thought the show, the episode was ending right there. I thought it was going to end. I know. Right there, and I, I was really like, held my breath. can't be over. And then I was like, oh, we, we still got tons more. <laughs> I am not even really complaining exactly, but I'm still going to call shenanigans on where Tyrion wakes up. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, they go overboard in the middle of a foggy river and wake yeah. up on a sunny beach where it looks like it's got to be miles away. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah, when Jorah yeah. looked back, I was like, <laughs> he just swam that. Yeah. After the mm -hmm. fighting and with Tyrion unconscious and half drowned, you're well, heavier you know than what? you look. He 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 grew up around White Harbor, you know. He used to he used to swim in the north. He he's got endurance training, man. Okay, so, here's no? the thing that I want to call shenanigans <laughs> on, and if we have any science-minded folks that can answer this, feel free. Because I'm right now, I'm thinking it has to be a magic issue, because. Mm -hmm. Don't let the stone men touch you. Don't let the stone men touch you. Oh, my God, the stone men somehow touched him, even though he had all this garb on and his bracers and shit. But, I, like, why, why is it different to swim in the water 
where all this like grayscale and stone man stuff, all these cooties and DNA are running around and they can swim in it and Tyrion's fine, he doesn't have any of it. They can go in the water, he can have them around the ankle, he can be breathing, swallowing in gallons of, hush your mouth, Nutty. <laughs> or are, no, are you gonna, waiting for you to finish. Oh, 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 I no, thought you were no, like no. going, okay, I got you. But it was just like ridiculous. I mean, that does not make scientific sense. If it's in the water, aren't you as likely to get contaminated as if someone just goes like that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I'm very glad you asked that because that is something I wanted to address. So without spoiling anything. Yeah, without spoiling anything. <laughs> right on. Grayscale is a lot like leprosy. I mean, they even have a colony where you send people off to live with it and die with it. Um, in the books, even going in the water is risky. Uh, as Tyrion and his party are going through that area, they they tell him not to let your don't go let your hand go in the water. Don't be careful, be careful, nobody really understands the spread of grayscale. And in the books, as I'm sure Viv is calling back from, uh, Serene, that's when she got grayscale, when she was in a shipwreck and Patchface pulled her out and they both had grayscale and that's where that all comes from. And she's muted, but she's like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was trying not to pull the camera from No, it. no, it's good. Yeah, and the, um, the, the other element is yeah. that in the books, once, you know, when Tyrion had fallen overboard and he's brought back over, they tell him, like, use a knife to, yes. like, prick all your, the tips of your fingers and toes to see if you still feel it, because if you start to not, if it starts to be numb, you probably have it, and he's like, oh, so how long do I have to do that for? And they're just like, nope, you just do that now. For the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes like in the books, if you remember John constantly flexing his hand after he burnt it, that becomes Tyrion's thing. Like he's constantly pricking his fingers and his toes. Mm. And so it's he doesn't it, have enough problems. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a big thing. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because there is a reason behind it. And okay. you are right. You are one hundred percent right. It's just as dangerous. And the person who jumped in to save him ended up like Jorah. With some grayscale and keeping it secret, and yeah. Well, yeah. So um, maybe Jorah wasn't touched, and it just Tyrion, you know, missed them with those molecules, or maybe he has a natural immunity to it yeah. or something. It, well, it's it's kind of just a it total speculation. Becomes listeners. a crapshoot sort of situation mm -hmm. is what it is. They know so yeah. little about it, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, I don't think they give vaccines in Westeros, so you know. Well, but I mean that. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't seem like it. Um, it was like one of my favorite, like, landscape backdrop, whatever, that beach was stunningly beautiful. Mm -hmm. The sunset, it was just like, oh, my God, they went through all that. Look at how beautiful that is. And, of course, Jorah has to fuck it up. He has to go, mm -hmm. and just his ego won't even, like, let him admit it, or maybe he's still in denial. But it's just like, don't touch nobody else. Don't touch Tyrion. Don't touch Danny. Don't go... Just don't, just don't, don't touch anybody. Has anyone, <laughs> has, has Shireen touched or avoided touching anyone on the show? Has the, anyone noticed? The implication is that she's cured now and it's yeah. fine. Although so the cure means that she can't transmit it even though she has the gray scale, we think. That certainly seems to be how yeah. they ask. Although it, one thing that's also worth noting is that, um, there's a couple of wildling characters that we're not ha getting uh, in the show that mm -hmm. we have in the books at this point um, who are, you know, kind of there hanging out at Castle Black. Um, and in the books, they are they are taking the position of, like, look, you tell me it's, cl it's 
cured. I don't care. I mm-hmm. think it's a mistake to have her anywhere near here. You should have left her out to die. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're like you should still kill her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Burn I don't her. care how long it's been. Yeah. yeah. It just it speaks. It really I think for as much as I dislike Stannis, I think it really speaks to how awesome he was for protecting his daughter that way, even though she's his only child, his only heir. She's, you know, Ceres or whatever name, Ceres is his wife's name. Queen Ceres. Ceres. You know, she's not looking fertile. We all know that's not going to happen. He's only going to have shadow babies or bastards at this point. And so it's like he, it was a completely selfish generosity. But, I mean, I I love him for it because she's just such an adorable um, character. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, and I also I think it's it's definitely different in the show, and I like it more in the show. Certainly, he's much more relatable and a, more mm-hmm. of a good father. In the books, it's a lot more. There's a lot less love or affection in the relationship, so much as like, well, no, she's my daughter, and I'm the rightful king, and the daughter Property. of the rightful king needs to be treated with respect. And it's it, and it's yeah. like she's important on paper, and yeah. that's really what he cares about. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I like it better in the show that yeah. there's some people. So like even though he is super awkward um, when it comes to showing affection, um, but to have us realize that it is there even mm-hmm. if he doesn't even know how to hug someone. Well, yeah, <laughs> and if you're not used to any affection from someone, it it doesn't have to be a hug to mm-hmm. do that, you know. Yeah, it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. But he just—he definitely needs to put some armor on that girl. I am not happy. <laughs> well, so I think it's really one of again, without getting into the spoilers of it uh, or any spoilers. I think because this you know river journey slash Valeria this this boat journey that Tyrion goes on because it is a different set of characters in the books than it it has been here in the in the show. Uh, the Jorah getting grayscale makes me wonder if they're going to use that as a substitute for something else that happens in the book later, because so it, it's something that becomes very important in the books but hasn't had any setup at all here. And with the amount of setup that they've given grayscale, they may be planning to swap that in for another thing that happens in the book. I'm thinking. Right on. Hmm. I'm, so yeah, I don't I'm know. curious to see. Yeah. I definitely feel them compressing a lot of stories here. Um, and I'm quite yeah. certain there's two characters that we've met in dance that we are not going to get at all in the show. Mm-hmm. So. Which, oddly enough, kind of probably spoils for the book a little bit that they end up not being as important as it seems like they would yeah, be in yeah. the book. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, while... While the show has the broad strokes, there's nothing saying that they're going to end up in the same place and that the series yeah. is going to end the same way. That's one thing that they've said. They said, yeah. yeah, we know where George wants to go in the broad strokes. But this is the show. That, and that's it. That's all they'll say on it. They won't say whether or not they're actually going to do that. And they definitely have said that the paths will be different. So how it works out, it's nobody's guess. So... That's what makes it such a fun show as as a reader, though. You know, it's yeah. like we've talked about it so many times. We think we know what's going to mm-hmm. happen, and we certainly think 
at this juncture, as important as Tyrion is and has been, that he's not going to die of grayscale. But, I mean, we're speculating what the show is giving us, and we know a lot yeah. from the books, but uh, they well, do like to mix shit up. When Tyrion falls over but, into the water... And, and and it ended on that cut scene. <laughs> that and, and, and I thought that's where the episode was ending. That's where the chapter ends. So I really felt that that was going to happen. And that's one of those chapters where I'm like, nope, got to skip ahead, got to skip yeah. ahead, got to find the next Tyrion chapter. <laughs> so, I had to do that with Arya a couple times. <laughs> the, the trick, though, is in the books, they never have a character die in their own POV chapter. If someone is really dead, then they die where someone else can yep. see the body. Yeah. They, I don't think they've ever had someone die in their own chapter. Didn't Kat die in her own chapter? <gasps> yes. Yeah, okay. She, she might I be the exception did. then. <laughs> I com- yeah, I think that was her. Oh, oh I remember. Yeah, I, I, remember. She, I think she, she must be the she. She's the exception, and she was kind of also like I don't want to say afterthought, but it was she observed yeah. Rob's death. Yeah. yeah, and then also was hers was the only POV we would have wanted that story from. I think the you know the other I mean? thing the I was yeah. Um, I also just kind of I, I hate that I'm always the person who is saying this, but it is 11:30. <laughs> so we just finished we, up. Yeah, I know, but we still have the ratings and all that stuff. So maybe moving not. on. Let's yes. do the rating. Do you have a rating? Do you have a rating, Christiana? Um, there there were so many highs and so many lows for me in this one. So I think I'm ending up with um, uh. Eight out of ten fingers that show no sign of grayscale. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So far. Well, only eight out of ten show no sign. (laughs) Um, But uh, for me, it was basically just that the stuff that was great was so great, but it was too much of the Boltons for me, and I was really tired of that by the time we were at the end of those scenes. Chooch, I want to hear your rating after hearing Christiana's. I'm going to give this one a seven. Cool. It was going okay. to be lower, but there was, wow. especially the last scenes and a few others, just because it was seemed a little slower and the Bolton stuff went on long and all that. Mm. Um, so seven out of ten, uh, Stoneman Marco Polo. <laughs> Stoneman right. Blaine Marco Polo. That's great. <laughs> Viv? I'm giving it a 10 out of a 10. It oh, over-delivered my. for me. I fucking loved this episode. Okay, so... <laughs> first time I, I watched, watched it. it. The stands alone. Hmm? What did you say? cheese stand alone? No. Well, well, I loved the parts I loved. <laughs> originally, I was going to give it a very high rating because of the scenes that really brought it. As I said, they got extra bonus points. Nothing really lost points for me, but the second time, and I really enjoyed how like Danny and John were mirroring each other and there were some themes that were crossing over. So that was kind of cool. But on the second watch, I found I wasn't paying attention as much. And I think that there was so much good in this episode, but they must have like shifted some story from another episode in there and it kind of got disjointed. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to be a little bit harsher. I, I'm going to give it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, 
Mm, that's why I wait until after we talk about it to decide what my rating. Yeah, I know. Is. I know. You guys change my opinion. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give it eight and a half. Drogons flying over Valeria. <laughs> I'm I'm. I yeah. feel bad for that half a Drogon, but I, know, well, yeah. I understand the logic. <laughs> so uh, that gives, be flying. <laughs> that gives Kill the Boy a cumulative score of 84%, so 8.4. Um, and I believe we've got a rating from uh, from Sheriff Bullock, so that's kind of cool. Uh, he cool. says, "Hey, did the Bolton stuff? Enough of those freaks!" But I loved everything in Essos. Dragons were amazing. So happy to see the Stone Men. One of my favorite high fantasy moments of the books. 8.5 out of 10 chew toys for dragons. Okay, off to watch Mad Men. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he and I are on the same same yeah. page there. And, you know, we kind of talked about this, but just like the parts that I loved, I really loved. Yeah. But I disliked some of the Bolton stuff enough that I would have... If not for the other parts being so awesome, I would have been down more like around a six. Mm. I honestly, it's uh, the more you guys tell, like, I don't know. It's like I keep finding more reasons to like the Bolton scenes, though. It's like well, we get more, San we get information on what Sansa's life is going to be mm -hmm. like and all of that. So I, I guess don't that's want to tell anyone to not like it. <laughs> oh, you can't, honey, I'm, honey, I'm, you can't. Yeah. You can't tell this well, one. I just want to say I don't want to even try. I, I'm glad oh, you guys liked it. I was feeling bored and frustrated. And you are not alone. I see that now. <laughs> and for me, it wasn't just that it was the Boltons. It was that the, the episode was so exposition-heavy exposition when last episode was so exposition-heavy. Yeah, yeah. I still feel like we're setting up, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're halfway, as, as Mike McCloskey said, we're halfway through the season. We yeah. only have five episodes yeah. left. And, and we don't have George's. That one, I, I, that one's number eight this season again, right? Did he do one this season? I don't think oh, he's yeah, doing yeah. One he got this writing season. credit on one of the episodes. I went and looked. Uh, I just forgot to write down which one it was on IMDb. Hmm. I want to say it was I eight. Thought but I, that I, might just be because of past years. I thought I had remembered reading somewhere that he wasn't doing one this season, but you might be right. Well, I checked before the season started. It, you know, I went through IMDb and looked at the names and looked at the writing credits because I was curious. And so maybe they've amended it since then and he didn't actually write one or blah. I don't know. That may be it. And and he may just still be in the writing, uh, credited as writing because he's the creator. He, like he's, well, he, he wasn't on other ones, though. Yeah. yeah he wasn't true. on other ones. So that was why that one stood out to me because I thought to look for that. Yeah, so it, may, we... it may be uh, uh, an old credit then. What's yeah. up next, Chuchi? The uh, well, the contest, and I think that that may be a technical problem after all, because I only have my submission. What? Uh, yeah. No. I didn't get my three again. I've gone through my spam folder info Did and you, all mail, and you went to BTW though, right? Because I thought I saw him in there. I thought I saw something in there. I was oh, looking up something today. I I'm gonna look because I I'm a, I know I voted. Christiana reminded, I don't. I voted uh, I one. didn't get the link for where it was. Cause I, can we put a link like somewhere on the main page? where it is. Yeah. I yeah, couldn't find go, it. If you go to the main page and you do the podcast drop down, there's a BTW that you can choose, and then it takes you right to the survey. The survey, the page never changes. Well, there's it's a the link on the BTW week. page for the survey. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but I'll, it never I'll make changes. 
it, it never changes, so you know it's the same web address. You can just cat, uh, save it or whatever too. Mm -hmm. He made it, and the only reason I know that is is because I needed it to be there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes that'll say so. Click here for next week's survey. Yeah. Um. So by the way, I just I just checked it again, and uh, part of George's contract was that he would write an episode a season, and he decided this season to not do it because he wanted to work more on wind, winds of winter. Yeah, so, that's, that's what I, I had heard. Yeah. So that's good news because it means he's really hunkering down on that next book. Yeah, I think everybody's probably fine with that. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, I'm, I'm here in the VTW email account, and we have received an award nomination notification for the Parsec Awards. So oh, thank you right. to whoever nominated us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that means you have to figure out what to put in the submission, right? Because this isn't it Not the it. end of the month? Not it. <laughs> oh, can't do that kind of work no more. No. <laughs> Brain don't work. Who wants? We'll figure it off offline. Yeah, we'll Let's, figure it out. Uh, and I have done so where, tag team every year. Yeah, seeing them at all in the BTW email account, I don't know, but I know I voted. Well, how many did you vote? I like, voted three. I, huh? I said I voted three. I kicked myself last week because I went from my standard three down to one, and we got three. And I was like, screw it. From now on, every Wait. episode it's three. <laughs> and this time what? I had one. New characters. Well, but how? Um, I don't. Were there any? Who was That's new in what, this? That week? was the next oh, question. The, yeah. was, he hasn't. Was, uh, he hasn't yeah. gotten to that part oh, yet. Okay. He right. asked me uh, what my vote was. Well, mine I was, was going to ask. Christian, mine was eleven thousand because I knew I was going to go over anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, eh, I got to vote quick. He's got my vote. <laughs> I did mine. Eleven thousand. <laughs> I knew. It. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't think we got anyone new, right? Yeah, I would have guessed three if I had sent it in, but uh, I don't think there were any new ones this time. Yeah, I don't think so. So it was a big dud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, Chooch, I think you should go ahead and count because we do have – wait, oh, nope, that's not this week. Never mind. Ain't <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I thought you were going to have to count after all. <sighs> You're off the hook, baby. Or who was the counter? Christiana was the counter. I just know it wasn't yeah. me anymore. Bless you guys for that. <laughs> well, new characters is a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. All right. That's everything. We made it That's through the all. list. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we go to bed at a semi-reasonable time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, when your alarm's set for 5.30. Ouch. So next week we have unbowed, unbroken, and, and un sorry, unbowed, unbent, and unbroken. Mm. Well, let's catch you. Are we gonna nice. talk about contest later and let Christiana go to bed? I think we just talked about the contest. Everybody lost. Yeah. Well, as far as next week, yeah. So far oh, we've decided to just yeah. keep rolling with this because it's. Yeah. Easy to Christiana didn't vote, but she would have because she yeah. was the trigger for me. So, are you well, going to give us another week, Chooch, or are we? Oh, gotcha. Because I, I heard has how the system was broken. I don't think it's a fair assessment this week. So I'm going to fix it and 
Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't fix it, that's okay because you've been busting your ass. For <laughs> no, he's been working really hard for Baltimore. No, on, on, um, no I, I wasn't. You know me. No <laughs> argument. Um, you know, it, it'll work or it won't. You're busting your ass, and I appreciate it, and I know everybody else does. So mm -hmm. it's okay if it doesn't work because half the time we don't remember to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us as usual. As usual. Came out <laughs> strange it is late <laughs> we'll see you next week where uh we'll uh strive for the more on time for the live folks <laughs> yeah we'll uh do After the some updates technical before. problems but mm. thanks for joining talk to you soon <laughs> if you have feedback for the beyond the wall podcast you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com you can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.